Hello and welcome to Property Money Trees, Maximising Property Values, the once a month show where I break down the steps of how to recognise, enhance and then extract the values in property in order to create wealth. Would you like to find out how you can benefit from the steps of maximising property values? This is even if you don't own a property yet or have a deposit. If that's a yes, then you're in the right place to find out. My name is Patricia Ogunfaber, and although many know me for my work as a solicitor, on this show, you will be getting the benefit of my 30 plus years worth of experience of maximising property values, experience which has given me a net worth in millions. So who might benefit from listening to this show? Literally anyone with an interest in creating property wealth. Welcome back. Um, Today I'm going to literally walk you through a transaction. It was a short lease purchase and it has literally seen everything that relates to questions that I often get. So um, it's been downvalued, it's everything's happened to it. So let me start. So it's a one bedroom flat. It had 65 years left on the lease. Um, really good part of London, actually Crystal Palace. Um, in September of 2021, uh, made an offer on it and the offer was accepted at 207500 so that was to buy the short lease of a one bedroom flat it was quite dated but it was okay um then i obviously went to my broker to get a mortgage got my mortgage offer on the 16th of october 2021 um the offer that i got um so i was given a number of options um to go for a two-year fixed at 2.99 and that would have cost 4.90 per month or to go for a five-year fixed at 3.24 percent per annum and that would have been 520 pounds a month or to go with a life tracker at 3.55 percent and that would have been 500 and what was that 540 i think per month now my thinking was i'm going to extend the lease and that's going to be done within the next year so what's the point of even going for a two-year fixed and then paying early repayment charges. So I went for the uh, lifetime tracker because that didn't come with any early repayment charges. So everything was fine. On the uh, 1st of February, 2022, we exchanged and the section 42 notice was uh, served on the freeholder. Now, I say freeholder, but there were actually three of them. So there were there was the main freeholder and then there were two intermediate landlords. So there were three of them all together. So this section 42 procedure that I've spoken about, it's it's a statutory procedure where you as a lessee 
um, are able to force your landlord, the freeholder, to extend your lease by 90 years, uh, you know, and to to bring your ground rent down to to a peppercorn, which is effectively zero. Although, mind you, all new leases cannot now have a positive ground rent, except for a couple of situations which are not relevant um, to this particular podcast. So the essence of doing this was to extend the lease to make it more attractive to a wider uh, range of people, because first time buyers and normally people who are going to live in properties um, don't find short leases attractive because it's difficult for them to get good mortgages on them. Um, so the the statutory procedure allows you to actually extend your lease um, using a formula which um, determines the premium that you have to pay to the freeholder in order to get your lease extended. So that is what I mean when I talk about the Section 42 procedure or the Section 42 notice. So the notice itself is an offer from the lessee to the freeholder saying, I'd like to extend my lease by 90 years, please. And I am willing to pay you X amount of money. Now, the only people who can actually um, start this procedure, the statutory procedure, are people who have owned the lease for at least two years. So if you haven't owned a lease for at least two years, this procedure is not open to you. And But you might be able to um, uh, go to the, your freeholder and agree an extension informally. But I'm literally talking about the formal route, which is the statutory route. Now, before all of this, I um, spoke to my uh, surveyor and paid him to do me a report advising me on what the lease extension premium or premiums uh, was likely to be. So on the 21st of December 2021, he sent me his report where he said he reckons that I would have to pay the first landlord £1,495, the second one £6,637 and the main one £20,800. So altogether he reckoned I would need to pay or I would owe £28,932. Now, he also sent me um, another report saying, well, this is what he thinks it's worth, but the other side, so that's the freeholders, will come back with a higher figure. He thought maybe about 40000 and that if we settled around thirty-five, that wouldn't be a bad thing. So there we are. So when we sent in the Section 42 notice, which I actually drafted myself, I thought, you know, if I get it wrong, on my head be it, I wasn't too bothered, you know, doing it for my own company, not a big deal. Um, And I kind of like knew what I was doing anyway, even though I won't do it for other people because the risk of getting it wrong is just too expensive. But I was happy to take that risk for myself. Anyway, so I put in the notice that I would pay the first landlord £780, the second one £2,300 and the ultimate one £15,780. So altogether £18,860. Now, the reason why normally um, 
when you know people do a section 42 notice they put a lower figure in there is because it's your starting point for your negotiations you're not going to put all your cards on the table when you negotiate there is also another reason for going for a, a lower figure and that reason is if the if the freeholder so the landlord if they miss their deadline of counter serving um, so that would be them serving their section 45 notice on the lessee then the freeholder will be bound by the amounts that you've actually put into your section 42 notice so that's another reason why you'd put a lower amount in there now some of you might be thinking well why not just put one pound in there or five pounds or a thousand pounds and the reason is this if what you've put in there is found to be unreasonable, then your notice becomes invalid. So if you put one pound in there, the freeholder could just ignore that. And then you would go to them and say, well, you've missed your deadline for the section 45 uh, counter notice. Um, so um, I therefore demand that you prepare uh, a lease um, saying that I'm going to pay you a premium of one pound and they will literally again they can just ignore you um and then it would be up to you to then make an application to the tribunal to say um we need you to uh, give us a vesting order so that we can pay this one pound premium now were it to get to that stage the tribunal's going to say to you no what you've offered is unreasonable and they did not have to waste their time actually dealing with you so what you tend to do, even 10,000 would have been reasonable, but you don't want to run that risk of the amounts that you've put in there being found to be unreasonable should they actually miss the deadline, because then it'd be a complete waste of time. Anyway, so I put in £18,860. Now, so that was sent to them on the 1st of February 2022, the reason why this date is important is that this was the day on which we exchanged. Now, remember, I was actually buying this, so I did not have the right to invoke the Section 42, the statutory uh, uh, um, procedure, um, Section 42 procedure, because I hadn't owned the flat for two years. So the seller who had owned the flat for two years was the person who actually signed the Section 42 notice. So the Section 42 notice actually started with the seller's name on it, and then the seller also signed a deed of assignment assigning to my company the benefits of that section 42 notice and most sellers so this is this is very common procedure but most sellers will not let you do that unless you've actually exchanged so that's why the exchange date was so important so the notice was served with a deadline for them to respond by the 7th of april um 2022 now you have to give when you're serving a section 42 notice at least two months so the the landlord the freeholder has to be given at least two months within which to respond now the reason why people wouldn't so okay so this has been sent on the 1st of february the reason why i didn't just put the 1st of april was one it was going by post even though it was going by special delivery, which again is not such a good idea, but you know, you can do it like that. Um, and I was expecting for it to be delivered on the 2nd of um, February. Now, the thing is, what if 
I'd then put down the 1st of April. That wouldn't have given them two months. It would have been two months less one day. Now, you could have said, well, why not then just put down the 2nd of April? And the reason is this. So say, okay, so I normally send by special delivery because then you have proof of delivery and who's actually signed for it and all whatnot. Um, But say uh, the postman goes to the offices or the landlord's address and no one's there. What they're going to do is they'll drop a card and say, we've got a letter for you in our depot. What if that person doesn't go and get them, which is which is the risk you run when you send a section 42 notice by special delivery or by um, recorded delivery? It's best to actually use a courier or do it by hand and get someone to actually sign for it. But anyway, the reason why I was happy to use special delivery in this case was that the freeholders were actually really big companies. There was no way they were going to leave their mail uncollected from the depot so the risk was slightly less you know we're talking you know the Dulwich estate they're so big you know there would have been somebody in their office anyway um and the other ones were equally as big so yeah but normally it's best to use a courier um so that's that and and even if they were to go there and get and collect the parcel they might not go for a few days so that is why you'd actually give them usually at least a week, another week on top of their two months to make sure that you actually can prove that you have given them at least two months within which to respond. Anyway, on the 1st of April 2022, um, the main uh, freeholder on behalf of all three of them um, sent back their counter notice. So, um, my husband practices so it was his firm actually kind of like you know doing all of this and putting his name down as the the law firm to send notices to and stuff anyway so they sent in their counter notice and they actually put in the counter notice that they wanted the first landlord to get twelve thousand nine hundred and sixty seven pounds the second one twenty thousand six hundred and eighty one pounds and the ultimate landlord fifty six thousand two hundred and thirty one pounds so that came to eighty nine thousand eight hundred and seventy nine pounds i thought oh gosh what's gonna happen i'm not prepared to pay ninety thousand anyway sent it off to my surveyor i wasn't too concerned i just thought you know he will sort it out so since then, he's been negotiating with the freeholders, surveyors. The law says that you must al- allow a period for negotiation. You must negotiate. Both parties must negotiate. But if you can't reach a settlement, then the leaseholder, the person who's applying to extend the lease and can't get the freeholder to agree the premium with them, has to lodge an appeal in the uh, first tier tribunal, the property chamber, within six months of receiving the counter notice. So the counter notice was received on the 1st of April, 2022. So that gave us up until the end of September, um, 30th of September to actually lodge a claim in the tribunal because we hadn't actually agreed they wouldn't agree it and I thought they're trying to run us out of time and so on the 26th of November of September 
I drafted the appeal to the first tier tribunal, sent it to the surveyor. He said, hang on, we might be able to reach an agreement without you needing to do that. Anyway, I did not hear back, but I had this diarised because I knew that if we missed that deadline, that would be it. So, you know, that would just be it. And the only choice would be to then step back. And I wouldn't have the right to apply again until I'd actually owned for at least two years. So you can well imagine how I felt about that. And in the meantime, even though I've not mentioned it, we completed we completed the purchase on the 7th of March 2022. So I'd have had to have waited until, I guess, the 7th of March 2024 before I could actually invoke the statutory procedure again. So I'd effectively be waiting for the government's reforms um, or trying to negotiate with them informally. Now, if they're being so difficult with the formal route and knowing that I have the right to go to the tribunal, you can just imagine how they'd be if I was trying to negotiate this without really very much backup. So anyway, um, so the surveyor said, oh, hang on, let me see what I can do. Nothing happened. So on the 29th of September, I lodged the appeal. So that's 29th, even though there was another day in which I could have done that. Now, the reason why I would never really wait for the very last day is experience has taught me that it, things can go wrong anything can happen. So it's always good to actually give yourself a bit more time. I personally wanted to lodge it on the 26th of September. The surveyor said, don't do it just yet, hang on. And I thought, okay, I'm going to hang on, but I don't feel comfortable, you know, doing that. We haven't really got very much time. And he said, I'll ring you. He didn't ring me. On the 29th, I thought, I can't wait for this phone call. I need to just lodge it. So I did. Um... Then the tribunal acknowledged the claim or the appeal on the 6th of October and they said because of COVID, because of COVID, COVID from 2020, um, they're not running a full office and as such they're going to put the case on ice for three months until the 6th of January 2023 and that the parties should try and agree a settlement if they can. So that's all the kind of like the legal side of things. Um, so let me just look at the financial side. So like I said, got a mortgage offer on the 16th of um, October 2021. And that was for, I think it was a 75% um, loan to value um mortgage um anyway the the gross loan was 158,737 pounds 50 um and it had a lender's product fee of 300 oops 3112 pounds 50 um so the net loan amount was 155,625 pounds so um, together with legal fees, stamp duty, etc., had to pay um, 
60, 61, 62,000 pounds to the solicitor to actually complete. Um, so that included um, um, apportionment for ground rent and service charges um, and, you know, all the other things that um, you have to pay to uh, solicitors. In the meantime, on the 15th of January, that mortgage offer expired. Anyway, my broker applied for an extension and I was given a three month extension. So that was a bit scary at the time. And I thought, ooh, am I going to get an extension? Because at that time and at that point, we all kind of like realised that um, interest rates were going to be going up. So I didn't know whether or not they'd want to, you know, use that as a reason to uh, withdraw that particular mortgage offer and uh, offer me something else that was going to cost me a bit more. Anyway, they didn't. They honoured it. So that was good on their part. Um, but having said, in the meantime, that particular mortgage now costs £724 a month. So from the 540 it's now £724. Uh. Also, um, I then found out that our surveyor had been able to get the um, price down to roughly about £40,000. And I thought, mm, OK, do you know what? Just get, uh, you know, just remortgage now and get that £40,000 and just pay it to them and make that property a lot more uh, um, desirable in terms of, you know, being able to sell it to anyone really, because it would then have a much longer lease of 155 years, um, which is actually quite good. Um, well, 50, 155 left to run. Um, so um, I started thinking about that. And even before the surveyor came back with this circa 40, I was thinking, do you know what? Even the 90 is doable. It was doable. Tough, but doable. Because that property was good. And this is so, why it's so important that you always buy right. You buy the right property for the right price. So I kind of like thought, do you know, even if I have to pay that, which I didn't think I would, I thought it was just completely crazy, um, then so be it. Um, so I, I went and looked for a, a, another mortgage. Remember, the first one was a tracker on the basis that once the premium had been agreed, I would then fix the rates um, or fix the rate on the, the new mortgage. And that could be a five year fix. In the meantime, we had the mini budget and everything just went crazy. But it went crazy and nevertheless uh, stuff is going on with us i know that um we have until the um what was it the 6th of january within which to um agree um the premium but it's it's actually good to have all your ducks lined up in a row um however once the surveyor came back to me and said it looks as if you know, we're about to reach agreement, I knew that time was running out because um, although any agreement would have to be um, made by both parties, so I'd have to say, yes, I agree. Um, once the agreement has been made, I'd only then have a maximum of two months to pay the premium and get everything sorted out. Um, 
the alternative would be to actually go through the tribunal procedure and they, the other side might then argue that I was being unreasonable and that costs should be awarded against my company, um, the lessee. And this is something that I just do not even want to contemplate. The other thing as well is that going ahead with the tribunal uh, hearing would mean that I'd have to incur um, barrister's costs. I guess I could do it myself, but you know, the stress, no. Anyway, so I spoke to my broker and I said, well, look, I need another mortgage because I need to be able to pay um, the um, premium um and he got me another mortgage and i got the mortgage offer for that on the 16th of november so again it it, it was a no valuation fee i had to pay i think it was 150 pounds as a, a a booking fee but that's all it's cost me um and so th this mortgage is another tracker because I don't like the rates at the moment. Uh, and even though I really would prefer to have a fixed um, rate, um, I don't want to be fixed in, you know, for an amount higher than what I think I really should be paying. Um, so I've gone for another tracker, hoping, fingers crossed, that rates will become a bit more normal. They're not going to go back down to the 2.99s and 3.24s. Um, I can't see that happening. But do you know what? A 4.1 would be good, not the kind of like sixes that we're seeing at the moment. Um, so my hope is really that in the next year or two, it will be a bit more normal than I can just fix for five years if I don't decide to sell. Anyway, um, so that mortgage is 1.94% above the base rate of the Bank of England. Um, not too bad, I guess, paying 180 something pounds for an extra 60,000 pounds. <laughs> but what it does do is it, it gives that flexibility to actually sell to anyone because ordinary buyers, like people who want to live there, you know, first time buyers or people moving home, people who are buying to live, they most of them cannot get a short lease mortgage. So by extending the lease, I'm actually also increasing the value and the attractiveness of the flat. So the property has valued up. Well, no, it actually, it was downvalued. Um, you know, based on what my automatic valuation model said it was worth, which is not really surprising because all surveyors are actually downvaluing now. But when I say it valued up, it, what I mean is it valued for a lot more than what I paid for it. So it is valued at £300,000 dead. And, um, and it, um, but the rent was downvalued. So I'm getting £1,495 from there. And the surveyor valued it at 1250 but he valued that as unfurnished. I've actually furnished the property. So it's got a massive flat screen TV, smart TV, 4K, um, nice sofa, nice chairs, nice bed, you know, the whole shebang. So I couldn't really argue with that, to be honest. Um, and based on all of that, 
I was offered, where are my figures? I was offered um, a gross loan of £222,543.60, um, of which um, £4,363.60 was a um, an arrangement fee, it's a 2% arrangement fee, which actually I was quite happy with because most uh, lenders now want a three or 4% arrangement fee. Greedy people. Anyway, um, and then a transfer fee of 35. So leaving me with a net product of 218145. So if the, um, previous lender is paid off there would be um, an amount of £59,407.50 um, left over. Now the surveyors have now agreed uh, or my surveyor actually wrote to me yesterday surprise 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 um, to say that um, they are now stuck at £37,428. Now, I honestly do not mind that. That is not too bad. And it's a far cry from the £89,879 that they thought they could get. This is one major, 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 major reasons why, you know, you should always have an expert advising you about these kind of things. Because if I didn't have my surveyor, if he'd not advised me in um December say I'd just gone to him and said oh I've done this section 42 myself I've put whatever figures I wanted in the notice they've come back with this he would not I don't think have been as motivated as he's been to whittle it down to get to as close to the 35,000 pounds that he initially advised me would be a reasonable compromise to actually make on this so it's so so worth it to actually get these people involved you know when you know from the very beginning so that you know exactly what you know you are facing um and he has just been worth every single penny that i've paid him and that i will be paying him um we will not be going to tribunal um so come whenever um I'm literally just going to say to, um, we'll just write into the tribunal to say that the parties have now reached a settlement and um, then um, that will just be that, to be honest. It will literally just end. Um, so I literally just, I, I just wanted to let people know the whole history of buying a short leasehold with a few complications thrown in and what kind of time frames you might be looking at. You know, some of them are a lot easier than others, but some of them can be like this, can be complicated. And I am so glad that I had my surveyor to actually walk me through. Um, there was no way that I was just going to guess the figures with, you know, there being three landlords, you know, the main freeholder and the two intermediate landlords too complicated you know for me not something that I come across uh, every day so it's so 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 important you know when you're out of your depth or your solicitor is out of your depth make sure that you have someone who does know what they're doing and who 
is familiar with the situation that you are actually facing because that way you'll get the best advice that you can get and the advice that you actually need. Um, so I hope that was clear enough that there weren't too many figures. Oh, my head's been spinning. Anyway, um, any questions, reach out to me as usual and we'll see you next month. In the meantime, have a great time. And you know, people, honestly, thank you for reaching out to me to say, oh, really enjoyed that. Really found that useful. Please, please, please. Why don't you take just 30 seconds to put those lovely reviews down, mainly in Apple. You know, if you use Apple, that would be great. Uh, most of my subscribers are actually with Apple or most of the people who actually listen to me are with Apple. Um, so if you can, you know, leave your feedback on Apple Podcasts, that would be so great, so great, so great, so great. So thank you. And till next month. Bye-bye.